Matt Sigarello said it himself in the postgame. The Wild are now a four-line team again. We take a look at another convincing win, this time against the Ottawa Senators, today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we recap a pretty convincing 4-2 win for the Wild over the Ottawa Senators. We'll talk about getting back to playing four-line hockey. We'll talk about another strong effort from Marc-Andre Fleury. And we will look at how this team has gotten back to the Minnesota Wild team we have come to know over the last few years. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And as you heard in the postcast, uh, for those listening on the podcast, uh, you heard it was just a pretty convincing win for the Wild 4-2 over the Ottawa Senators. But in just looking at some of the things to pull from this game, we heard from Matt Zuccarello after the post ga- or after the game that uh, the Wild have gotten back to playing four-line hockey. And I think in a game like this against an Ottawa Senators team that had come in playing really good hockey, that's where you beat those teams, is being able to roll four lines and being able to thoroughly dominate in puck possession and really save for some just really nifty goal work by the Senators. This one should have been a laugher. And so if the Senators don't get nearly as many saves as they do, this is likely a 5 or 6-1 to one win for the Minnesota Wild. They had that many good opportunities, that many scoring chances, and sometimes the goalie just makes really good saves. You know, you look at a couple of the power plays for this team where they didn't come away with goals, and they arguably moved the puck better and had better looks than the one where they did. So some great goalie work from Forsberg, and without it, there's no chance this gets to be a one-goal game for uh, a majority of the back end of the third period. No chance, because the Wild put together one of the most dominant periods, not only this year, but even going back to last year. Second period was one of the most dominant periods they've had over the last couple of seasons. And it stems from that notion of playing four lines, being able to rely on four lines to play in this one. Puck possession was a huge factor in this team coming away with wins. And you look at how these lines have been constructed. Top line of Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and now Freddie Goudreau, who has been great as the top line center for this team because of the things that he's doing to keep possession alive for Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. He's winning face-offs. He is helping out with some of those puck battles along the boards. And... 
you know, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, to their credit, they have no problem um, mixing it up and uh, and trying to win some of those battles themselves. But Goudreau able to win the faceoffs to help maintain possession for those top-level guys is huge. And being able to win those puck battles. The Matt Boldy line with Marcus Foligno as the... Uh, as the puck battler and the force on that line with him and Marco Rossi. We saw it on full display for Felino winning a couple of puck battles to keep opportunities alive for the Boldy Rossi Felino line. Having somebody on each of those lines that can go get a puck, and the Wild did that up and down the ice pretty much all night, was they just they mixed it up, they got in and they took pucks away from the Senators to keep possession alive. The Jewel Erickson Eck, Brandon Duhame, and Ryan Hartman line over the last couple of games has done a lot of this. And so we've seen that line have some good success because they've been able to sustain, they've been able to win puck battles, they've been able to do the things that we would expect the grief line to be able to do. And then you look at well, down the stretch, in the game last night, seeing the fourth line get an opportunity to play because they're doing the same thing. So up and down the lineup, we see this team committing to the things that were taken for granted early in the game or early in the season. And I tweeted it out after the game. I think there is a distinct, definitive moment in which this team moved from we're just going to outscore our problems. We are just going to try to 10 to 9 every game, and that's all we got to do. All we have to do is just outscore the opponent. Well, it's hard to do that when you aren't possessing the puck more than the other team, when you're losing faceoffs, when you're losing puck battles along the boards, when you're getting bad defense, bad goaltending and putting the entirety of the weight on your offense. This team reached a turning point on the road trip where they realized they can't win that way. You can't win hockey games that way. Um, You have to get commitment to all these little areas. We saw it start to happen in the Boston game. We've seen it in the last two games in full force. This team has rediscovered their commitment to doing the team things to win hockey games. And I think it's no coincidence that we've seen them dominate the last two games as they have. Now, there have been stretches. There was a stretch against the Senators where Ottawa seemed to kind of pull the momentum back on their side. That five-on-three goal that they scored to get it to three to two Seemed like an opportunity to where they could maybe have tied it. They, they had the momentum at that point, but again, circling back. Without the high-level goaltending that the Senators got, that opportunity never materializes because this one is, it might have been 5-1 to one at that point for the Wilds, uh, if not for those crazy Forsberg saves. So, a great win for the Wilds and, you know, four lines 
being able to uh, to chip in and to uh, to get things done. We're seeing the secondary secondary scoring, excuse me, come back for this team. They're not relying exclusively on Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Boldy to do it anymore. You got a goal from Freddie Goudreau, Ryan Hartman. Uh, in addition to Kaprizov and Zuccarello helping with the scoring, you got some of those secondary guys that were able to uh, to chip in in this one. So a team win for the Wild, and uh, now back to 500, 3-3-1, and uh, feeling pretty good at this point with a little bit of a tricky weekend coming up, and uh, we were planning to do, and still are planning to do, a, uh, a full look at both games, so it's going to be a two-episode day for you, but uh, no better way to spend a Friday, so uh, we'll have that uh, preview of both games coming for you later this afternoon. But I want to talk about Marc-Andre Fleury again because second straight game, and he was good down the stretch against Boston, but the second consecutive game where he has been very strong in net, and we'll look at some of the reasons as to why that is as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for betting, which includes the NFL, the start of the NBA season, plus the NHL, Major League Baseball, you name it, they've got it. You can find all the latest player developments for your fantasy team or betting in general, plus all the big games, all the news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every matchup you can possibly imagine. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores on every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to their website today to get started or use your mobile device to learn more. You can find all that and more at BetOnline.net where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, and once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter to the most, uh, to the biggest storylines in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to start with a stat, and we mentioned this after the game on the postcast for those that were able to tune in. Marc-Andre Fleury has stopped 18 straight high-danger chances against opponents, and a second consecutive really strong game for Marc-Andre Fleury in this one, 27 saves. Uh, the goals that he allowed, you know, you get the uh, you get the Debrinkat one-timer off of a loose puck that kind of caught everybody off guard. High, high shot angle up over the shoulder, and Fleury's just late with the glove. That's, that's a tough one, but one that uh, you probably would like your goalie to save. On the five-on-three, uh, five where the Senators scored, you have a shot towards the net that goes behind the net. So a couple of wild players of the three on the ice 
go behind the net to try to go get it. Senators win the battle, and uh, they swing it out to the right side. Penalty kill tries to adjust, then they quick pass over to the left side. Nobody home, and five, uh, five on three as a penalty killer is super difficult, super tricky to, uh, to try to come up with saves. And so, you know, the, that's, just, that's just one the Senators earned. And uh, so of those two, good teams make good plays. You look at the rest of the night, Fleury had a ton of really good saves in this one. He had that, uh, that sprawling glove save to Rob Debrinkett of another potential goal. He had uh, some very high traffic saves that he made. But I think you look at what Fleury did and you look at this wild defense and the improvements they've made over the last few games. There was one play in particular that really stood out to me throughout the entirety of the night, throughout all of the saves that Fleury made and all the plays that the defense made. There was one loose puck in front of the net that just kind of, I don't remember exactly what it caromed off of, but it came to rest right in front of Flurry, just a little bit out of his reach. But what happened earlier in the season is that you maybe don't have anybody on defense for the Wilds out in front of the net. And it bounces right to an opponent who's just kind of camping out, waiting to see what happens, and they're able to shoot and score. Tonight... There was a clear, open triangle. Right in the middle is where the puck ended up. You have a wild defenseman on top and two on either side. And they have cleared that area out. They've cleared out that area right in front of the net, which allows the wild the opportunity to be the first to play the puck and allows them to move the puck down the ice without incident. So I think in addition to Flurry upping his game and being more calm and quiet in the net, but also being able to fall back on some of that athleticism that he has in instances where he needs it. That has been huge, but I think the Wild defense doing a much better job of just holding serve and establishing order in front of the net to not allow players to just camp out there and just have whatever they want. I think that's been a two-pronged approach that has led to this team being able to drastically improve the numbers that we saw over the uh, the first couple of games. We talked about another thing uh, against Montreal that has really stood out, that being the blocked shots. The Wild had 21 blocked shots tonight. And you look at just the other things, too, in taking advantage of turnovers and the... Senators gave the puck away 12 times. Uh, The Wild just five themselves. Wild had seven takeaways. And I think it just stems to better overall awareness on the ice of where you're at, what's going on, what the situation is. And so, you know, tip of the cap, we were early on in the season panicking, and rightfully so, that maybe Marc-Andre Fleury had Father Time had finally caught up with them. And again, we're early enough in the season that we saw the lull, and now we're seeing things come back in order to be restored. But 
you just have to ride the waves through the course of an NHL season. This is probably not going to be what we've seen the last two games. Probably not going to be what we see all season. There will be some lulls again. There will be some bad performances. But you want and you hope that if what we've seen over the last two games for Flurry is close to the ceiling and what we saw to start the year is the floor, you want his performance to be somewhere in here. And if it continues to be somewhere in that range, the Wilds are going to be a team that wins more games, uh, wins games more often than they don't, especially with the defense continuing to rebound. So I've, I've been super encouraged with what we've seen from Flurry. I think by being a little bit more quiet and calm in the net, I think that has helped him be able to better position himself um, against shots, but also the defense has done a much better job of not allowing opportunities so close to the net, not allowing opportunities so close, and then also doing a good job of making sure that there's nobody around the net to deflect pucks in. It's just It's been a collective improvement on both fronts, and that's why over the last two games, we've seen this wild team give up just three goals. So it's all moving in the right direction and um, just continues to, you know, continues to build off of a couple of strong games and hope that we can do that here over the weekend against Detroit and Chicago. Now, I want to finish by talking about the special teams because, as we alluded to, the Wild did give up a power play goal tonight, but context in that situation, and uh, also we're just gonna we're gonna gush over power play one again because I don't feel like there's ever enough time to do that uh, over the course of a day, a week, a month, a year. So we'll finish by talking about the special teams as we recap the Wild's four to two win over the Ottawa Senators on today's episode of Locked on Wild. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And whether you are a first-time home buyer or a long-time homeowner looking to up your security and put ease in your mind, there is no better way to go than Simply Safe. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest storylines in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Who wants to talk about Power Play 1? Because, and for those that are listening, I, ra- I raised my own hand there because it just it never seems like there's enough time to talk about what is the best Power Play unit that we've seen in years for this Minnesota Wild team. Another Power Play goal tonight. And we're getting to the point where even in the instances in which that unit doesn't score, we're still seeing a ton of possession time and we're still seeing a ton of grade A chances. The Wild got a power play goal from Matt Zuccarello in this one tonight. But you look at the other power plays that they had. You could argue that the second power play should have come up with a goal Um had a couple of just right in front of the net chances and Forsberg was able to uh, to come up with saves to deny him. But that power play unit, much like the entirety of the team, just flat out outworking the Ottawa penalty kill, coming up with additional chances and keeping the puck alive, keeping the puck in the zone. I would say on average, and this is just a rough estimate, on average, on the power plays in which they didn't score, the Wild had the puck in the Ottawa zone for something like a minute 30 seconds out of the two minutes. It just it seemed like they had the puck on the Ottawa end the entire night. And so I think you can be encouraged in those instances that you are continuing to just pepper the net with chances, continuing to... You know, make the most of it, just not necessarily getting the goals because it, it's it's night and day difference from what we have seen of this unit in previous seasons where you are struggling to even get the puck in the zone. You're struggling to get shots on net. You're struggling to have any semblance of a plan with how to make this look like a workable power play. And you just, it's such a, it's such a dynamic looking unit with Kaprizov on one side, Boldy on the other, Zuccarello on the Kaprizov side so that they can play catch a little bit. You've got Jewel Eriksson-Eck, you've got Matt Boldy. It's, it's probably the best power play unit I've seen from this team since I started really actively following them, I would be interested to see, you know, what the numbers are with them on the ice together because power play two still has been an adventure, but we did see some interesting things uh, with power play two tonight. They did get an opportunity out there on one of the power plays on another. We saw power play one get a majority of the time, And then we saw a couple of players swapped in while keeping the same core unit 
out there on the ice. But we've we've beleaguered this point a ton is that you know you can have guys like Kaprizov, Boldy, Zuccarello. You can have those guys on that power play all day. Having Kalen Addison as the defenseman leading that group out there just puts this unit on a different level. He is beyond his years in terms of just having a game plan, ice vision, and most importantly, he looks like he's been doing it for years. He's not flappable out there. He is, and maybe this is simplifying it a little too much, there have been some instances in which the puck has kicked out to him at the top of the zone, maybe not the cleanest of feeds, but instead of trying to do too much with it, he simply collects the puck, gets it to one side or the other, and either Kaprizov or Boldy or whoever has the puck, if they don't have an opportunity, they'll get it back out to him and they just reset. It's a unit that just, they because of how much success they've had so far, they just don't panic even if a team manages to clear the puck. They just regroup and they just come at you again and again and again with a relentless just wave attack. And it's a unit that is, you know, already with nine power play goals so far this year. They had 53 all of last season in 82 games. And they've got nine through seven. So it's it's a unit that has had early success and is doing a really good job with it. And, you know, the, the team has leaned on them a little bit to start the year. But I just I have a hard time believing that the numbers aren't going to continue to be good with those guys leading the charge on top. And to just flip it a little bit and talk about the penalty kill, you know, the the Wild did give up the five-on-three goal tonight. But as we talked about, it's just some good passing by Ottawa to set up an opportunity for that goal. The Wild did not allow one on the subsequent penalty in the uh, after that score. So the penalty kill did their job there. They did their job a couple of other times, including at the end of the game, in which Ottawa decided to pull their goalie on that power play. Now, you talk about Kalen Addison just being a calming presence up there at the top on the power play. That uh, that final sequence for Ottawa, where they went to the two-man advantage, six on four, and just had trouble with the puck right at the top of the zone, that ended up with the uh, that ended up being the Freddie Goudreau shorthanded goal. Um, you know, penalty kill being way more aggressive this year is something that I was campaigning for pretty much all off season, and I know a lot of fans and a lot of listeners were with me on that. That's the other mentality too: is that by being more aggressive on the penalty kill, more often than not, you're going to get a clear, but sometimes. Being aggressive is something that other teams will capitalize on. That's what happened on the five on three. So sometimes you just you get bit by it. But the wild penalty kill, I think, since starting the season off a little slowly, I think they are 
right around 12 out of their last 14, including the five-on-three goals surrendered. So they have been having some really good success um, lately. And so being more aggressive, sometimes you get burned, but more often than not, it ends up being a clear. And if that penalty kill unit continues to improve, then this team has, has finally kind of figured out the formula that you can't just outscore your problems. You can't outscore your deficiencies. You got to commit to being better in those areas. And after the 0-3 start, 3-0-1. And it's looking way better. So I think we're I think we're back on track. This is going to be a fascinating weekend to take in because this is not the Detroit Red Wings of recent years. This is not the Chicago Blackhawks of recent years. So it should be a fun weekend against those two teams, both on the road to conclude the road trip. And we'll have um, plenty of coverage of both for you over the weekend. So make sure to tune in for that. Make sure to tune in for our bonus second episode today where we'll dive in a little further to what has made Detroit and Chicago tick so far this season. Also make sure now that you're uh, listening to our Locked on Wild episode is finished that you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast from the games that matter to the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, just like Locked on Wild. So subscribe on YouTube, follow us on your favorite podcast platforms, and make sure to turn those notifications on so you don't miss out on any of our great content, whether it be game previews, game recaps, full episodes, and more. You can find it all on Locked on Wild, giving you new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.